El Milagro Tortilla workers are celebrating this week after their campaign for better working conditions won them millions in increased wages and an end to their seven-day work week. But there's still more progress they'd like to see. Pedro Mazanares has worked at El Milagro Tortilla factory for 18 years, and he joins us earlier today to give us some context on their working conditions leading up to the campaign. El trabajo... The work is, is very heavy now, um, and on many occasions, it's difficult to work under the fast velocities that they're asking us to work under. Um, but we want to keep up the struggle with the company to have better, more normal speeds, to have a better job. How fast are the machines running, and how many tortillas are you expected to make per hour or per day? In my location, um, the company wants us to produce 120 boxes per hour per machine, more or less. Um, and at my location, there are four machines. So that's about 480 boxes per hour. And there's 40 packages of tortillas in each box. What have workers been asking for? Well, above all else, a stable job. Um, we want to have a good job and to not feel so pressured all of the time. Um, we also want to be able to have a job where we can produce a high-quality product. When we're pressured or the speeds are too fast, we actually have problems with the tortillas and it ends up taking more time. What does it feel like to win these pay increases? Well, we're, we're really happy. We're really content with this um, because in the past, we never got raises this big. We never imagined actually getting raises this large at one time. In the past, we didn't even get raises every year. And if we did, they were like 25 cents, maybe 35 cents. So this was a much bigger raise than that. Do you feel like the community is behind you and supporting you? Yes, I definitely feel like the community is supporting us. We've heard from so many people, um, and I know some people have actually stopped buying El Milagro tortillas. I want to clarify, we never asked for a boycott, but we know some people um, have continued to do that because they were upset with the company, and that is the way some people have chose to support us. There are still some things that you're fighting for. You've said that the company hasn't fulfilled its promise to give workers Sundays off, why is that one of your demands? So mostly this is important because it was a commitment and a promise made to us by the owners. Um, secondly, it's important because Sunday um, is a day of rest. And for, you know, a lot of people, most people have Sundays off, um, and we don't. Some of us have different days during the week off, and we do have days off. We're not working every day, um, but Sunday is an important day. Um, some places are closed on weekends when we need to do things or run errands, and also uh, churches on Sunday. For those of us who are religious and want to go to Mass, um, it's a lot harder to do that during the week. And so that's another reason that's important. It's for time to go to church, to run errands, and time to be with our families. Has the company met with you? No, in short, no. Um, they don't want to sit down with us. Um, they're still resistant to sitting down and meeting with us to negotiate. And that was Pedro Mazanares. He's worked at El Milargo Tortilla Factory for 18 years. Special thanks to Shelly Razika from Arai, Chicago, for providing interpretation. Let's turn now to Laura Garza from Arai, Chicago. She's been organizing El Milargo workers. Hi, Laura. Hi, Michael. How are you? Good, good. Listen, good. Pedro mentioned the company is not wanting to negotiate with workers. Why is that? You know, I think at the end of the day, the company is afraid to sit down with their own workers. Um, you know, they, they've seen the power that they have. 
um, how they organized, how they came together last year um, to demand um, their, you know, working conditions to improve and their wages. And the company is just, you know, not wanting to meet with them for whatever reason. We think that, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of, that this is the workforce that, you know, they hired. Some of these workers have been there 30 years, in some cases up to 40 years. Um, and so what the workers are asking is, you know, for them to sit down and negotiate with them directly. Um, you know, that's a question you might have to ask them why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what the workers have relayed to us is that, you know, are they afraid of their own workforce, right? Right. Well, from, from your perspective and the perspective from the workers, how has the company been characterizing workers' demands? Um, you know, they, for the most part, let's just let's, let's be really clear. They've actually, some of the demands that the workers made six months ago, they've actually um, followed through with those demands, right? For example, the wage increases. You know, it's now we calculated $1.3 million in wage increases for workers, um, you know, the last six months. That was the demand the workers had, and so Milagro has addressed that. They've also addressed the issue of, um, the, you know, they were, they were basically had practices that, uh, in terms of requirements for the sick days, um, and they ended that practice, and now they're actually paying workers uh, for unused sick days. And they also, you know, as you know, one of, for many years, workers had one of the plants at 21st Street were working, you know, seven days mm-hmm. straight. Could you imagine seven days without a day of rest for 10 years? And so that demand was also met. But the workers continue to have additional demands, and one of them, um, unfortunately, that has not been met has been the issue of these machines being at high speed. Um, you know, one of the famous quotes that one of the workers said last year was, you know, no somos máquinas, that were not machines. Mm-hmm. And so they're still experiencing that. Now, the company would say there's still a shortage of workers, and we continue to say there's a shortage of paying good wages and benefits for workers. Um, but at what cost, you know, are they going to continue to produce the amount of tortillas that they're producing for consumers mm-hmm. at the cost of the workers' backs? I mean, the workers are still reporting their backs hurting, their, their hands hurting. They just, it's just a lot of work um, when they speed up those machines. Sure. So we're hoping that that's one of the issues that the company is going to address immediately because that's affecting their entire workforce. Right. And I know I've covered some of the protests outside uh, Emilargo's headquarters in Little Village over the past year. But how long really has this campaign for better working conditions gone on? Actually, um, the workers began to organize in early July. And Mm -hmm. by end of August, they actually started to see and receive increases. And then when when the work stoppage happened in September, the additional plans, as you know, Emilargo has, you know, four plants, and two restaurants. And so the additional plants started to receive the benefits because the, the workers started organizing plant by plant. And so when, when the workers at 31st Street found out about the organizing happening on 36th Street and said, wait a second, workers just got a raise there, and, you know, they also addressed the air conditioning issues. What, what, what are we doing? Let's, let's organize too. And so workers came together in, in the middle of uh, August uh, at the 31st Street plant and the 21st Street plant and then by September, when the demands weren't being met, that's when they made a decision to walk out. Mm-hmm. So it's really been, you know, seven months. Um, and again, the company started to make changes immediately. Um, you know, in addition to also hiring an anti-union company, paying them thousands of dollars a day because they want to make sure that, you know, they're not being organized by a union. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's usually what employers do. 
And what we say, it's like, look, instead of spending the thousands of dollars you're spending, you know, to hire these anti-union firms, spend it on the workers, spend it on improving the working conditions and buying new machines and, and you know, spend it on, the, on, on their, the workers and their families. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the reason that Milagro has, it's a thriving business is because the workers have been dedicated day in and day out for many, many years um, to make sure that Milagro uh, continues to succeed. Well, let me ask you this. You know, I've covered uh, worker issues at, say, meat packaging plants where there's a lot of Mexicanos working there, a lot of Latinos, which are non-Latino-owned businesses. But El Milargo is a Mexican-owned business, Mexican-American-owned business. How are these working conditions, how is this allowed to go on right here in Chicago? Look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you're a Mexican-owned business. Um, I think that's you know, we could put that to the side. I think at the end of the day, it's about workers knowing their rights and really having the courage to come forward. And it takes a lot to fight the boss. It's not easy. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you have to fight the boss. It's it's hard. Um, and so, I mean, it, you know, it got to the point where people had died and put their bodies at risk during the pandemic to want to act and do something. But it took courage. And it took the workers knowing that they could do, you know, concerted protective activities to demand changes at their work, you know, in the working conditions at their work sites. And so, again, you know, I just think that um, it just people get away with it, employers get away with it, and then and the more education we do about workers' rights, um, and, and particularly putting highlighting this story, which I appreciate that you're doing that today, is it makes a difference. Um, people hear about about what's happening and they want to do something and. We've received thousands of calls um, over the years at Arise Chicago because other workers have heard of other campaigns. And, um, you know, it's it's just it has a ripple effect. And I hope mm-hmm. it continues to happen not only here in the Chicagoland area, but we've seen it throughout the country that workers are organizing. Well, Laura, we, we've seen that workers won millions of dollars in collective raises. What does that amount to, say, hourly? And when will that go into effect? Well, the the, the hourly, hourly wages went into effect already since last August. Um, we basically took an average from what workers told us and communicated to us back then. You know, you got to remember last year the minimum wage just went up to 15 bucks an hour in Chicago. Most of the workers were making 14 bucks an hour, and then of course received the minimum wage increase. But in addition to that, workers were reporting up to you know an average between a dollar fifty to three dollars, and it was based on. Um, their demand that they wanted their seniority to be taken into account and their experience. Um, in some cases, there, there was you know mechanics who are fish, you know fixing the the machines at a Milagro. Um, so depending on experience and depending on their job position, that's that's how the races were implemented from what the workers reported to us. But in addition to that, in December, all the workers and we roughly estimate about 458 workers received the 36 cent. 36 cent, cent increase across the board. So workers are, are communicating to us that on average they're making between 18 bucks an hour. At the high end, people are making 20 bucks an hour. It just depends on their seniority and their position. Laura, let me ask you this. Does Milargo's popularity as a tortilla, I mean, I have them at my house and I can't imagine, you know, eating, I mean, you need the, the right tortilla for you know, to have the best taco and they are so popular. But does that popularity work against workers when, you know, they want the community maybe not boycott the product, but maybe put pressure on the company? Or does does the do you feel like the community, the, at least the Mexican American community, does it does it have your back? Does it have the workers back? 
Absolutely. We saw that um, last year with the community coming out and supporting workers on, you know, uh, the day that they did the work stoppage by signing a petition, by making a donation, um, you know, by in some cases, let me be really clear, the workers never called for a boycott, but people did that themselves because they felt that they wanted to see things change in a milagro before they would purchase their tortillas. Um, and it's, you know, we've seen on, on social media platforms that, you know, the community is supporting. Uh, we also had the elected officials that were out with the workers, um, all Latino elected officials that they came out to support the workers. So, yeah, there is a lot of support and beyond are, are just uh, the Mexican community. I think the Chicago land area community in general really supported the workers, um, you know, and, and again, it's not, and, and, and Milagro was a very high profile campaign, but there's been so many others where people have paid attention and been participating and even in the religious community as well, because they've been really supported throughout the whole process with the Milagro um, campaign and campaign in general. Um, the, the religious community plays a, a huge role uh, in supporting workers as well. Laura, we just got less than a minute now. Um, so you've told us about an end to the seven-day work week, higher wages. What are some of the other big wins you can tell us about? Well, the mechanics were, were asked to pay for their own tools to fix the Milagro machines when they were break down. And now, you know, they don't no longer have to do that. The Milagro is providing um, tools for them. Um, they're also, uh, are, from what I understand, from most of the plants already have air conditioners. Um, there is one plant out there. There's still, you know, workers complaining that they need to get those air conditioners in. But overall, they've, they've done that. And one important thing that you should know and the public should know is that they finally had an anti uh, harassment training after mm-hmm. years of not having it. I, if you recall, this is a big sticking point for many of the workers um, at El Milagro. And so they also began to do anti-harassment training as of December from what workers reported. Um, there's still some pending um, complaints that we're waiting for government agencies to to respond. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I understand, um, the city of Chicago, there was two complaints made particularly around the fair work week. They already started interviewing workers, and they already are meeting with the Milagro in the next few weeks and um, putting, you know, hopefully addressing all those complaints that they were filed by workers um, six, seven months ago. Well, that was Laura Garza, director of Arise Chicago Worker Center. Laura, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Michael. Have a great day.